0: In in my book it talks about an Antichrist, the Antichrist. And it calls him the son of perdition. And I had a vision on this man in the nineteen eighties and I had had this little tiny porch where I lived on fifteen acres. And when I stepped out on the porch, I put my foot in the grass. And when I put my foot in the grass, I saw the grass catch on fire. This is spiritual. This isn't what really happened. This is what I saw was to be in the future. And I saw that the man that was responsible for this had control over the weather. Now, in the 1980s, there's no way you could know this. I mean, I know I never even would dream of that happening but when I saw that happen and I saw that the Lord spoke to me and said that the weather is going to be so hot even here in Pennsylvania that it was going to burn the grass off the ground and immediately after he said that to me I saw a tall thin dark skinned man standing there laughing and I saw The Pope At his knees And I saw him Take on the form of a Scared rabbit That's how frightened he was Of this man I could have said Well I think that's the Antichrist But uh, I hadn't gotten a call to To write the book yet I didn't get the call Until 2002 so then I saw uh, another vision about the Antichrist. And this time I could see who was who. And I even mentioned it in other videos about how they were all knowingly fighting for the Antichrist seat. That these people on the left knowingly knew they were fighting for I could see, like I said, I was outside at the time and I often go to my trucks and nobody hears me if i minister to people nobody can hear the conversation so i go in the truck and as i was sitting in the truck i heard something in the back of me i just got off the phone and i turned around and i looked and there was this big beautiful lion and he was laying there and he was just he looked licked his paws and he stopped and he he looked at me and then he looked up and when he looked up i saw across the road in the sky, I saw a coal black seat, and you knew it was seat the way it was shaped. Shaped it was, it was a seat that they had often in the old days used for an emperor or whatever. And I saw that seat was so dark that you could not see who was on that seat. And I saw two presidents and a woman. Running for president. It was married to one of them. And I saw them fighting over that seat. Struggling. To make sure they got that seat. None of them won. Listen to what I'm telling you. None of them won. Nobody occupied that seat. That seat... I'm trying to think when I got this. I think it was probably 2013... They did not win that seat, neither one of them. No matter how they fought, they did not win it. Nobody sat in that seat yet. Because the seat will be occupied, but nobody sat in it. So we're talking about the seat of the Antichrist, the one that Hitler tried to occupy. And this is where people need to use wisdom. This is where it speaks in Revelation, He who lives by the sword shall die by the sword. So if you live by killing others, then you're going to die with somebody killing you. That's what uh, Paul the Apostle said. He says, don't we have the power to lead people and, and guide them and make them do this and make them do this? He says, but I don't do that, lest it be done to me. So you see what God was already telling Paul the Apostle. So all of these things are fitting together. Right. So, I had in the nineteen eighties, around the same time, I had the vision about, and it was very real. I mean, it was broad daylight, very real. Uh, I had a vision on uh, not only the Antichrist but the Rapture. Okay, if I ever had any doubts about the Rapture or where when I was going. Uh, I didn't. I was one of those people that questioned God about that. I always felt prophecy would come to me. I did not have to go looking for it. I always felt that way, and it's true. Prophecy comes to me. The Lord comes and shows me things. I never seek Him and say, "Well," but I will seek Him, like for a personal property prophecy. If I'm concerned about my daughter, or my husband, where are they? What's are they all right? And I'll see them. They're all right. Okay. That's different. That's different than seeking prophecy of the future. What's going to happen to me, that was always like seeking fortune telling. I I wouldn't touch it. If God wants me to know what's going to happen in the future, he'll come and tell me. He really will. So that was why I never touched it. Because I always trusted in God to show me things if he wanted to show them to me. So I had three dreams about the rapture. In the first dream, my heart, when I started sailing through the air and flying up through the air, I mean, it was just like that. When I started flying, my heart was, you could feel it. Was, it was so terrifying of the feeling everything. It was just terrifying. And I was sound asleep when I felt that. And I woke up and the Lord spoke to me. A lot of times he speaks to me as soon as I wake up. I woke up and he spoke and he said, "If you leave this earth frightened, you're never going to make it. So you must pray that you not be frightened of being taken up." Because that's what that was. Because during a lot of years I was afraid of everything. So what I did was is I went back to sleep. I don't know if it was the next night or whatever. I have no idea. Back to sleep And I had another dream And in that dream I was flying up And it was It it felt great except for one thing I was looking down And I looked back And as I looked back I could see like Darkness Pitch, pitch black darkness And I wanted to see more of it And I woke up And the Lord said, remember Lot's wife. Don't look back. When you start on the journey, focus on God, and you will be in seconds right there. God put it all in slow motion for me to understand, because often he put things in slow motion, even in front of witnesses, so that I could understand what was happening. So I fell asleep again. And again, I had... The third dream on the rapture And in this third dream I mean I Blew through the air It was wonderful, glorious, it was awesome You can't even describe it But it was, it was put in slow motion But it only took a second And when I Went through that I woke up and the Lord said Now you're ready for the rapture So what did I have to get rid of? I had to get rid of fear. And I had to get rid of caring about what happens to this world when I'm gone. I had to get rid of everything of the flesh that focuses on here. And I had to look straight up and trust completely in him. Anybody could tell you that when I tell you that the Word of God tells you, don't look to the right, don't look to the left, look straight ahead and straight up. Because that is how he's going to captivate your attention. He is not going to captivate your attention if you're looking here and looking there and concerning yourself about what everybody else is doing or what's happening on the earth. If you do not get to a place with God, that it's just Jesus and me. Okay, see, so you've never been taught Jesus is me out of the Bible college. Jesus and me. You've never been taught none of those things. And I think I put it in some of the videos that the Lord taught me that Jesus and me can do anything. Every demonic force that God ever used me to cast out was cast out with no other pastor there no other person to pray just jesus and me so jesus and me made two but we are one just the way you and your wife are two but one we are one and i can remember up the road from me i would say about three blocks away there was screaming and i was i was sitting on 15 acres on a hillside nearby barn where i could hear across the hillside what was going on and it was pitch black because there was no no, uh, lights no uh, no outside light because i'm on my 15 acres and i could hear the scream blood-curdling screams from girls that were being raped in that park that was like three blocks up i sat there and i began to pray over them and bleed the blood for them and it stopped Okay, when it stopped, then I went back into the house, I was home alone, and the next morning, a policeman that I knew very well stopped and knocked at the door and said to me, You see this? And it was a mask, a Satanist mask. He says they were raping girls up the road, and we caught them. That was last night, the night before had prayed but they caught them, and they said we found out who let them in. We know all about it. I'm not going to say about it because some people knew where I lived, and I don't want to mention names. Okay. So, and and he said, caught them we caught them all, and it was a Satan worship group that did this, and they were really, really torturing these girls. Jesus, and me. Made too. I didn't need anybody else. Anywhere I went, fought against witchcraft, it took a couple seconds, and Jesus and me, and it was done. Because I knew that Jesus was in me, and there is no way that God was ever going to let any demon out of hell touch me. So these are the kinds of visions that I was getting during the time that the Lord was teaching me about the rapture. And that it is a true saying that you are going to go up in the air. But it also is a true saying that you're going to be changed in a blinking of an eye. That there will be two laying in a bed and one will be gone. And the other one left. And I have said it before. That I have had experiences with passing through. Where my body passed through this life into the next and, and my spirit did that and left my body here. So I knew, I knew it in death, in agony and pain and how it slipped through and left the pain behind. I, I knew how the body can become so weary and so tired and just, and your, your, your spirit will just slip away and meet your maker. I knew that. And each time God was there and pulled me back. I've even experienced it in uh, in accessory prayer. Like I said, I had an, an aunt who had called me and she had said that all of her life she never believed she was going to live past 54 years of age. On her birthday, she called me up and she was just praising the Lord and thankful. She says, I made it. I'm 54. I can't believe I made it. Now, it was no sooner than that telephone call that I was walking up the steps and suddenly my eyes, the vision of my eyes, jumped according to every single beat of my heart like this. My eyes went like this. And what I was feeling was a massive heart attack. And I was encased completely in this, fell down under the power of it to kill me. And as I laid there, I felt as though I was in a casket, a see-through casket that that you could not take my life, that even though I could have passed over to the other side, the Lord encased me and said no, and I just laid there. But I knew that it was intercessory prayer for someone. And I get a telephone call after that, and it's my aunt's family. She had died at that moment with a massive heart attack. She was taken. So I'm only telling you these things so you understand a lot of the things that I see, a lot of the things I go through are completely spiritual. They are completely, I mean, I've been... With people that have been dying. Where I've been the one there. Right with them with Jesus. In the spirit. Thousands of miles away. While they are dying. So that I can tell the people. Who call me and they'll tell me. Well I think he died at this time. And I'll say no he died this time. Because I was there. And I know he made heaven. That was the whole idea of me being there. Was knowing that there was a witness. That he made heaven. So now what we're talking about is, is the rapture. The very fact that I had these things proved to me there is such a thing as the rapture. And people think that we are going to go through the tribulation before a This This, I think, has a lot to do with what the confusion is. I remember as soon as I heard... People say well we're going to go through the tribulation As soon as I heard that I went before God And I said Lord um, You're talking about This is the tribulation Am I in the tribulation? And Lord says to me Do you have a roof over your head? Yeah He says do you have shoes on your feet? Yeah Do you have food on your table? He says yeah Do you have all that you need? Yeah Yes, Lord, I do. He says, "Then you're not in the tribulation." And I'm correct. He didn't tell me that others were in tribulation. All he told me was, "I wasn't." So I had other dreams and other visions, which I hand wrote to other big name preachers of what was going on everywhere. That they thought it was hidden. And the Lord used me to expose it. And I can't even speak about it now. But there are things that people have done that they think are so hidden nobody knows it. But God spoke to his prophets. And told his prophets what was going on. So in telling his prophets like myself, what's going on, he also revealed where to stand, who to believe, who to listen to, who not to believe, and why. So when he showed me many atrocities, I mean, not one, not two, it affected my heart so bad. I was for days in agony, so bad from what I was seeing before me, And there was nothing I could do to stop it. And I was seeing that and it affected my heart till my mitral valve began to leak and regurgitate and spit blood onto my lungs. And I had to go through open heart surgery. And that was in 2000, I think 18. And it took me a couple of years to recuperate over, over that. And it didn't look like I was ever, ever going to be right again because people just do not easily have, at the age of 75, open-heart surgery and be allergic to every drug that they gave them and not be able to take painkillers. It just, it don't happen. And so I would comatose, comatose with painkillers. And I, the, they said when they pulled my heart out, the fibrillation at heart was so powerful and So bad They figured they, I was not going to make it through the operation And I had taken my ribs And turned them so that they could get in there And they took a vein Out of my leg and used it as a stent For a A valve And replaced another one So I had three things done In that operation So I came home and that's when a lot of bad things started happening with my my body. It was like my health was spiraling. Just, like guess, down, down, down. No sooner than you got this cleared up, you got that one coming soon So you got here, you got that one, and then you got that one, and then you got that one. And you got to a place where you thought, when is it ever going to stop? Because it's one thing after another, after another, after another. And why am I going through all of this? Well, needless to tell you, because of the things that I do know, the enemy has really wanted me dead for a long time. But I got to a place where, because I was young and healthy and strong, I could look at him and say, is that all you got? You mean, oh, I know, you're going to give me a heart attack and you're going to kill me and that's all you got? And I'd laugh at him. I really would. And when he told me that, you were going to die of cancer, and there was no way you were going to live. And when they said that to me, and they said I had a few days. I bust out laughing. I was you don't know God. Because they're screaming at me, God didn't heal you. So inside of me, when I invited Jesus in, and this is why I'm here to tell you. When you invite Jesus in, he comes in. But you also have to deny yourself. You also, yourself is sitting there, and yourself wants what it wants. Yourself wants this, that, this, and it wants to think this and think that and believe this and believe that. But the Word of God don't say that. So what you do with it is, is, eh, God couldn't have meant this. He meant it. You know, uh, I, I'd really be in bad shape because I don't think I could give that up. I don't think I could do that. Ah, no, I don't think he really meant that. No, like one woman said, God couldn't have meant not to lie because if he knew that you would have to lie sometimes. Yeah. I didn't do that. When I picked up the word and I got into it, I saw this man called Jesus was the most beautiful, most wonderful individual that I had ever met in my entire life, who was so powerful and the maker of the universe. And I fell in love with him. And I fell in love with him so much that I would die before I would offend him. And if you haven't done that in going to God and you don't have that experience with him, believe me, you need it. Because in my determination and my dedication to him, I was tempted like he was in all points that all of us are. And I denied it every step if I had to die. And he knew it. I denied, I denied it, I denied it. I was tempted because I was lonely. I didn't touch it. I would rather die. I was tempted because I needed this. I wouldn't touch it. I would rather die. I was tempted to not believe, that I, and I tempted to believe I was going to die of a heart attack. I wouldn't do that, because when I decided that I was going to follow Christ, I was going to follow him all the way, and I was not going to give the devil glory over my life. I refused to give him the power to say he could kill me. I refused to give him the power to say that this symptom and that symptom and this symptom could kill me. I refused it. All I did was say no. You can't touch me. I belong to Jesus. Now, you don't have nowhere near the problems I had. I was bombarded day and night because of all the witchcraft in my this side of the family and all the horror and witchcraft on the other side of the family, and all the witchcraft and all these other two sides of the family, and all the evil. Uh, uh, religions that believe satan is god and god is and jesus is satan i mean these things all went like this over my life and my pastor told me it was like a crossfire like this and so this is what the enemy was doing and he was trying to capture me to prove to me I didn't have God. He was trying to shake me. Because this one would pray against me. That one would pray against me. This one would hate me. And that would say that about me. And this one would curse me. And I, and, and it was it just was like this daily where I was bombarded with evil. That's all I can say. Evil. Somebody looks at you. They find fault with you. That's an evil eye. That's a work of witchcraft. They decide you're guilty. You're going to pay for that. That's a work of witchcraft. That is not god god don't do that with his children once you give your life to god you're forgiven he doesn't do that he never puts you in a seat of judgment over his children listen to what i'm telling you he puts you in a seat of judgment over those who say they are his children those who say they belong to jesus christ those who pick up the bible and become judges rather than cleaning out their own hearts and minds that is the judgment that's where it falls because the heart is exceedingly evil above all things and will lie to you so much and it's the lust of your own heart that makes you so jealous of that woman that you think is so beautiful and you think you're so much that you'll destroy her and you you'll have every excuse in the world and look at her when she suffers and laugh and say she deserves every bit she gets not knowing That that woman did not know what you knew. And she's not judged by God by your standards. She's judged by God by what she knew. He can't hold it accountable. He can't hold her accountable for what she didn't know. If she did not believe there was even a God, she was innocent in his sight. But you, you had the Bible. You're sitting in judgment. She had no business doing this. She had no You haven't seen the evil. Of your countenance And huh, We're of this family And we're of that family And they are just They're not part of it They'll never be part of it Because we're up here well, You can fool somebody if you want But there's a lot of that stuff In your family And I'm not talking about a certain family I'm not talking about My family, your family Their family I'm talking about families. All families have evil in the background. And as soon as pride yourself, it's ugly head. And they think like this. As soon as they do that, they are confessing their evil before God. And they need to humble themselves, come off of their high horse and realize if they paid the way they demand that one to pay, it doesn't know any better. And if they took The word of God is going to come right out and stand right before you and say, why did you judge her so harshly? She didn't even know what was going on, but you knew, and you're positive that I would do that evil to somebody that doesn't know anything. You were raised in the church, you know everything, and you're positive that I would hurt her like that? That you would go and pray to destroy her marriage and destroy your family, destroy everybody just at any cost so she never rises up. At any cost so he never rises up. I don't care if this one cares about her, then let them suffer. I wouldn't be in your shoes. I would not be in your shoes. I would be afraid to be in your shoes. But I understand when you have these kinds of attitudes, when you are positive and you're sitting real high because you've taken yourself real high and you're sitting real high and you're looking down at people and you get mad at them because they don't give anything to the church. So we don't need them. They, <laughs> I hate elderly people that come into this church. I literally hate them. They won't work. Never mind that they spent 45, 50 years working out there as a missionary, giving every bit penny of their money, everything. And they've come now that they're old enough, they're in their 80s and 90s, and they want to rest because God called them to rest and He trusted in you enough to put them in that church. And there you are, hating them. You know why? Because you can't use them. You can't use them anymore. So you go from 350 people to 20 because you can't persuade anybody to go and build your food bank to go and do covet other things covet, you can't do it and then you have the presbytery that agrees with you they help you well because you are such and such and then finally you lose your license finally you do such evil in the sight of everybody that you can't hide it anymore well this is where all of you were going If you do not go before God and pray and ask him to forgive you, thy will be done, O God. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. It has nothing to do with what they did. It has no way does it come because you will find you sinned against them equal. To what you think the sin is against you that's he says you're all guilty all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of god so where are the disobedience in this who is going to be left behind who are the ones that are going to go and the ones that aren't oh well you know what i serve a church and i go every sunday i go every wednesday and and well yeah i do do, do some some things at home that I shouldn't do. Yeah, yeah, I watched this program and I enjoyed that and I, and I shouldn't do that, but God will, God will let me go and he, it's a, it'll be okay because after all he says, I'm the children of Abraham. I All I have to do is believe God that it's going to be okay and it's going to be okay. And the other ones will say, well, and all I have to do is believe that once is saved, always saved, because you know, the scriptures are true. It says that once you give your life to God, you are always saved. That is not what it says. It's not a license to sin. That's not what Jesus died for. He did not die to give you a license to sin. And then you've got the other one. This scripture says that Jesus was a man that got married. Well, you're so sexist and filled with sex in your head and mind that you can't picture a celibate God, one that is holy and righteous. You You can't fathom that. See, because women are such garbage to you, and you've been taught that. It's evil that you even talk about how the angels, because they come down once, they're they're after all the women, not realizing that God has his handmaidens, and he has his hands on them, and all your evil lies and works, and mixing it up to make you something, is not going to help you. Because you're going to stand before God For taking women aside and talking them into denying Jesus Christ. That they don't have a relationship with him. And you foolish women that listen to this man. You foolish women that let him take away the joy and the peace that God had given you with just him. And had you go under a man. A man is human. He can never be good to you like God can. And yet you have the gall to run To men. Something is wrong up here. So who are the ones that are going in the rapture? Who are the ones that God. when He. Puts out the call. Who are the ones that are going to go? You think the ones are going to go that believe that they're a slave. And they have to be in slavery. Because Jesus is such a horrible person. He would enslave them to a man. Uh, You think it's going to be the one. That believe that Jesus got married and he had sex with with a woman because he was so filled with lust for that woman that he would do such a thing that he could not live without a wife like you can't you see you can't you use her you can't because your religion teaches and your doctrine teaches that you're allowed to do anything in bed you're you're allowed it doesn't matter if it's unnatural God says it's undefiled in all. So, therefore, you force your wife into submission because God says she's a woman and she mustn't admit. Does it matter that you make her feel dirty? Does it matter that her own conscience and human being makes her feel so bad about herself she can't bear it? Does it matter when you do things? they do men with men and women with women and you've got a license to it because once saved always saved and you could do anything you want because now you're a king it doesn't matter that peter said don't you lord over anybody you are not their lord you are not god a head does not mean that a head means a covering to the eyes a head means that a like i said when you go into church and, and people see you don't have your husband, you became a target, target for these foolish men, even preachers. If you are good looking at all, you become a target and they'll blame you for it. They will literally blame you for it. If they fall into sin, it's all your fault. They never did it to you. Does that sound familiar? Does that sound like a certain party today that can do anything they want? Where do you think they got their power? They got their power from the pulpit. They got their power from the so-called man of God to enable them to hold nobody accountable because they don't have to face it. Because they're free. Now you're following all of these evil doctrines, all of these evil ways, and you're claiming Christ at the same time, which is to come to the place where you say that you love Jesus, but you hate him at the same time because if you loved him, You would never do that. So you've got to go into the word. You've got to go. I'm not condemning you. I'm telling you, go into the word and find the one that says, don't do that. Find the one that says, and you're not going to find him easily because you've already proven to him that you can. You can't handle the truth. You already proved it by what you do with everyone else. You've already proved it. So understand, you want to read my book? These things are in my book. Not every one of them, but a lot of them. Because God wants to get your mind to the place where you will open up and see. I just looked at my finger and it was so funny. I I put these two fingers by accident in scalding hot oil. And when I, when it hit me, for sure, as hot as that oil was, you figured that it would burn. It would have a, nothing there. Nothing. Nothing whatsoever. Why? Ask yourself, am I better than you? Am I more special than you? He's in here. He took up residence. He kicked me out. So when I felt that, he took over. When I felt and tempted to fear, he took over. When I felt pain, he took over. When I felt illness and sickness, he took over. All I had to do was yield. But you can't do that. You know why? Because you will not yield to him to admit you're wrong. How could you go in the rapture when you won't back up to the simplest little things and say, you know what, maybe I am wrong, and seek out what's going on. But you don't want to do that because pride says, "Uh uh-uh, I know it all. And Jesus Christ is going to tell you, because you know it all and claim to know it all, you're going to answer for it. Because I'm going to hold you to that. I'm going to hold you to everything that you say and everything that you do. everything you hold everybody else to you're going to be held to that's why the our father prayer is so important forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us do i have anything against anybody personally no way do i want to see all of you in heaven yes i'd give anything if i could put my hands my heart my everything in your life and and cause you to go the right way. I'd do it in a minute. He knows I'd crawl. He knows he's heard me cry many times for you. He's seen me pray for hours for you. Sure, I'd do it in a minute. And he knows it.